This podcast is brought to you by Third World. That's all. We're just three immigrants talking trash. Talking trash. Hello, everybody. We're back again with another episode of Three Immigrants Talking Trash. My name is Vanessa. And I'm Manal. And I'm Ayushi. And it's so awkward to have to say your names every time we record a new episode. <laughs> we need to rethink this intro. By now, they should know our voice, is all I'm saying. Okay, so the first thing that we're going to start talking about are pronouns. What do you guys identify with? Which type of pronouns do you use? Do you ever think about pronouns before moving to the United States? Or you simply didn't give a fuck and now you try to be more mindful about them? I didn't know why it was so important until I started seeing it on everyone's bio on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram. And then I was like, I guess like I should be doing this too i mean i don't think anyone understood the concept of pronouns until people started talking about gender fluidity Correct. and not necessarily identifying as male or female not binary yeah right i'm she and her but i would love to learn what does they them all of this stand for so i don't make like assumptions and all of that exactly so yeah. i don't make assumptions i think that it's different for everyone for me personally i go by she and they and what that means for me is that i can embrace my womanhood and at the same time my womanhood doesn't define me you know and I love about this country that you get to pick more than two like you don't have to stay with one so it's either she or they right you accept either or you can use both because I'm female but at the same time I want to have the space to be non-female if I want that's what I use both and like I think it's very interesting when someone actually can use both with me because I know that they're paying attention Mm -hmm. so I use they and them when I'm unsure of the gender of the person first encounter I genuinely don't know if this is a man or a woman so I'll be like they them it comes naturally Mm -hmm. but it doesn't come naturally for me they them when the person is so physically clearly a girl or a boy is that Mm -hmm. a bad thing yeah yeah (laughs) because I think part of the the pronouns is that you recognize that gender is more like a social construct and doesn't matter what looks to you it's like what the person wants to be identified as every time I meet someone new I have to ask them what would you like to be identified as I don't know every person is different like sometimes it just come natural when you're introducing yourself you like immediately say your pronouns you know but other people know and like I don't know do you have to ask and it's a weird when you ask we need to talk with someone that identify with different pronouns so we can get a better answer this is so interesting because I'm starting to feel that now if I meet anyone outside of my circle firstly I really need to expand my circle and like meet new people because everyone in my circle I you know I guess I've known them for such a long time that I know their pronouns but I would be very interested to know if these days you know when people go out and they meet each other in networking circles do they say hi my name is so and so and identify as she and they or he and him I have like a quick story about assumptions because we were like pitching an influencer for a project and there was a producer who was handling that project and I mean I assume he already know her pronouns right but he was pitching it to client and like he forgot the pronouns and he looked at me and asked for the pronouns of this person and I immediately assume that it was they and them because she's female but she looked boyish and I'm like they and them we pitched that but I went back and I checked the influencer and she go by she and her wouldn't it be safer to actually go by they and them in that situation if you're unsure that's what I said but I'm like oh my gosh she doesn't go by that like she goes by she and her I have this like silent judgment towards people who identify as she her or him his and actually mention it what's the point of mentioning what your pronouns are if they're classic just your your gender at birth you oh, know? that's a very interesting. Too. Like, yeah. I would, I would assume that you're emphasizing your pronouns because 
because they are not she, her, him. But at the same time, never assume. So yeah. it's, it's very interesting. At this point, because I live in LA and I work with creative people, I talk to everyone as they and them. I yeah. think that we also need to be a society that doesn't get offended so easily because we're all like in a transitionary... Mm -hmm. What's the word, guys? Transitional? Help me. <laughs> Transitional phase right now where we're all trying yes. to get accustomed to like, we're not trying to offend anyone. We're also trying to be mindful. So Word. I think like, let's just also create a space where it's okay to make a mistake. You know, I'm still getting to know things. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. It's interesting because you actually get to ask about the other person and really hear what would they identify it as. Is it too much? I don't think it's too much. I think that like we're becoming a world where we are really accommodating each other. The big question mark for me is how does this work in different cultures? Like the translation of these pronouns, <laughs> they and them in Arabic sound like Like what? Why are you How referring many? to a group of people when there is no group of people, you know? Mm. Like, It's confusing, yeah. Same with my mom, dude. When she was here living for a whole year, you know, living La Vida Loca, she had to learn <laughs> about the pronouns. And like, I had to tell her, I go mom, but she and they. And like, it means sometimes I feel like female. Sometimes, you know, I don't feel like female at all. And that doesn't define me. And she's like, no, I don't get it. <laughs> What's the inspired? Ellos. And so ellos, like you said, is like many people. But at the same time, she was like, You know, maybe I do identify as they and them as well, because, you know, she was a businesswoman in the third world. And sometimes you have to have a, a different attitude. You know, you have to be like throat cutting, really like mainly. She's the alpha of the family. She always took care of her own family, which there are like nine people. So, you know, being the alpha person, she had that part of herself that is not completely female. And then when I started to tell her about the pronouns, she's like, oh, maybe I am they and them as well. We're in the middle of Feb, man. Are you in love? When did you know that you were straight? I think the question should be, when did I know that I wasn't gay? <laughs> okay. The answer to that is, <laughs> when I was in university, there was a girl who wanted to break up with her girlfriend to be in a relationship with me. And oh, that escalated quickly. And I just couldn't go there, so... There was nothing wrong with the girl, but I just, yeah, I knew what my body wanted. Oh, <laughs> Let me God. just say that. <laughs> Great. Anyway, we're going to totally erase that. And we're going to talk about Black History <laughs> Month. What are you guys doing to celebrate this month and to recognize Black culture? I think it should be Black History Year. If you are in a position where you can do something to bring about a change in the lives of your African-American friends, you should do that. I'm doing a feature film in which I'm the lead and I... Often I'm asked questions about who do you want to hire in terms of production? Like, do you want a special makeup artist? Who are you comfortable working with? So I go out of my way to find people that I've worked with who are African-American, who had a really good experience working with. And I just refer them to my filmmaker. And she listens to my opinion. She takes it seriously. So I feel like I can do something. I feel I wasn't mindful about black people's journey so much after living in the United States and like being forced to learn about race because after you are into the system, you kind of like get more curious about the system and you're like, oh shit, this is so dark. Like, I can't believe this is the story of the United States. I feel like after living here almost for a decade, now I start like looking, when was slavery abolished? Who helped to abolish slavery? When was slavery abolished in my country? Like, I'm trying to learn more about the history of black people and think about my own history because coming from Venezuela, like slavery was abolished less than 200 years ago, which mean that my great-great-grandma was living on that time. My mom was called all her life black growing up, and my mom is dark Latina, you know? So mm. part of Black History Month is 
learning a little bit more about the story of the country, the story of black people in general. And the things that I have done to celebrate this month is watch a lot of black content, read content made by black people, like check black business. We go to restaurants mostly where we love black culture, black food, like without black culture, there's no culture. So part of living here and celebrating this month is just learning more about the story and being more mindful about black culture and black people. And Black History Month, is it specifically a North American thing or are we celebrating black people everywhere? I think it should be everywhere. I mean, I think that it's not just African-American. It's also the continent of Africa where a lot of African people like come from. Everyone you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Humanity. And someone who comes from South Africa, I feel that there's still so much that I don't even know. So it's constantly a reminder to myself also that whenever I have time to, to acknowledge, to read, to be more informed about where I come from too. A lot of my upbringing has been influenced a lot by the African culture because I spend more time in the continent of Africa than I did in India. So <laughs> I think that I owe it to myself to know more because how can I expect another person to change or another person to be informed when I myself feel that I lack a lot of knowledge about where I come from, so. Every Black History Month, I have the struggle with how do I not only binge on black media and black culture and black arts because even outside of black history month that's practically all i consume and it's most of what we've consumed since we were kids like i tell vanessa what would my childhood have been without dre and snoop dogg and all these legends who who grew hip-hop and made it international like what would my childhood have been if i didn't slow dance to usher songs to my first boyfriend you know it's like all my memories are based on black culture black entertainment black emotion black expression and what can i do during black history month that is not the continuing of what i've always done which is consume black entertainment something more than that like for example we were watching the Super Bowl and I had this it's almost cartoonish because it's at this point almost so unbelievable that I had this vision in my head while watching that why doesn't every person in the crowd kneel and bring up Colin Kaepernick and bring up the fact that yeah we're here yeah we're celebrating hip-hop but nothing has changed yet in terms of racial equity in the NFL you know yeah I feel like people like who gave up a lot like Colin Kaepernick feel left out man it almost feels like that's a disguise it's almost as if it's like okay we're compensating in some way Mm -hmm. but we're not really getting down exactly the grassroots exactly and they're always so quick to compensate with entertainment you're bringing in the entertainers but you're not hiring more black coaches inside the nfl yeah they're like two yeah (laughs) isn't that crazy that's so there's no ownership there's no ownership all of my heroes are black women Mm -hmm. all the people that i love in media and that are creating the things that i want to create ava duvernay Issa ray quinta bronson like all of the women that i admire they're people of color and just to have only one month dedicated to a culture that does so much it feels so little that like you say like what can we continue to do that we don't do throughout the year because throughout the year like i'm looking to donate to black organizations to buy black products to eat at black restaurants to read black books i just finished reading the will smith book and like it Mm. totally just blow my mind (laughs) like this is one of the best memoir ever I think that we get to see a side of Will Smith that we haven't seen enough. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen yet. There's something that Will Smith mentioned about Hollywood that I'll never forget. Back in the day, they used to say that the black male is not universally relatable. 
incredible. And he was like, are you kidding me? Like, I toured the world because of one album that I made. People who don't speak English are singing my words back to back. Humanity came from Africa, but people cannot relate to black people. What the fuck? Like what? Yeah. (laughs) So I saw this tweet by Tweets by Bilal. And I shared it on Instagram the other day and a lot of people connected with it. And it says, one of the problems is that slavery is taught as the history of black people and not the history of white people. (laughs) When I watch these morning shows and stuff, they're always bringing up this specific group of people who are trying to avoid integrating critical race theory into school curriculums. And it's like, man, to actually go out of your way, take time and fight against teaching what black people went through in this country. First of all, I think you have too much free time on your hands. And second, how is this not constructive, teaching kids critical race theory? Never was it intended to make white kids feel guilty. Like, I'm pretty sure millennials understand that their white friends today had nothing to do with it back then. But this is something that we inherited. And it makes me angry because... In my own homeland, let's say, even though I didn't grow up there, in, in Syria, there's a lot of censor. Literally, parts of history are taken out of Syrian history books because of the Assad regime. <laughs> oh this is a government attacking its own people and then hiding these things and not putting them in history curriculum. So I know that Syrian people struggle with this. Their story is not complete because of this censor and because of the Syrian government not wanting to recognize the pain that it's inflicted on Syrian people. And like for me, it's the same here with critical race theory. A bunch of assholes being like, let's not remind our kids and make them feel uncomfortable. But black kids feel uncomfortable walking down the street every Every day day. Mm. every day and you are complaining because you're gonna feel uncomfortable one hour sitting in a classroom and i remember in high school i went to a french school so all we were taught was european history and the suffering inflicted on jewish people and the holocaust and we were traumatized it was traumatizing to learn that stuff they would show us documentaries in detail how jewish people were put in gas chambers and everything why what's the problem with knowing these things about black people it's so important it's so so important because it definitely leaves a mark like how you remember this right now that's how kids will remember it exactly as grown adults so exactly. it's so important it leaves such an impression on your mind happy black history month happy black history year okay all right so let's do a new year catch up have you been how's the year been so far for you i think I think January was really, really busy for me. I also got COVID and I was back at work within five days of quarantining, which wasn't enough time. But as per the CDC, you can return back to work after five days of being in quarantine. Now, the problem is that I was still recovering while I was on set and I was doing these really intense emotional scenes. At some point, I was like having the worst heart palpitations and I just looked at the director and I was like, I will die in this moment if you don't tell me to go home. But the point is, what are you going to do? I love how everyone reaches out to me. They're like, please rest, please rest. Um, Who's going to pay the bills? Like, Especially if you are a freelancer. It's not like you're getting sick paid leave. You have to work. Work, 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 work. You have to work. It's like, what Even are you going to do? Omni, crom, crom, crom. We live in Los Angeles. My rent is over $2,000. I have to work almost every single day. Like go one week without work, you're homeless. If, but the 
point is like physically it's just been very taxing like i still have so much lethargy i can't even do yoga and i used to do yoga every single day and do all these poses but now i can't even hold my hand up for like 10 counts yeah. it's like after lunch i have to take a nap like i'm just so tired yeah. all the time and you're double vaccinated i am double vaccinated yeah i'm not boosted because i only got my vaccination in september of 2021 because in south africa everyone got it much later so i'm not yet qualified to be boosted we are triple vaccinated dude poop poop vaccination team. booster poop poop that's why i hate it when people are like it's okay if you catch it because you're flying to new york it's just like a flu i'm like bitch have you seen me with the flu i'm literally in a coma for five days my nose is just leaking like i cry because yeah. i'm so fucking exhausted so imagine it's worse like covid you know the lingering symptoms of mm, covid are yeah, a lot yeah. like i think that while i was going through it i was still like doing auditions from home and i was still pushing myself which is probably the worst idea ever like if you have covid just like Relax. chill the fuck out you're conflicting with your body your body's like no i really need to rest but your mind is like no 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 you got to go 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 because you live in la so i just had to keep on going and you got all of that fatigue and you were vaccinated imagine you were not vaccinated oh my god imagine we don't want to imagine but it wasn't only getting covid as well like you got a disaster with your apartment the second week of january not only did i have covid also in my apartment the roof was leaking because of the rains in los angeles because the infrastructure here sucks and my roof was leaking so there were people going in and out of my house trying to fix this roof like break it down take all the moisture out conceal that area and in the meantime i'm trying to recover from covid and this is an apartment that you're paying plus 2k for right Correct. in plus north 2K. hollywood it sounds amazing right it's the north of Hollywood guys? Nah girl. Nah girl. It's trash and literally For people who don't already know, real estate in LA is whack. So bad. The fact that like a leaky roof in my apartment took 2 weeks for them to fix. There's this fan that's sitting there for like a week. This loud fan. So it's not like you can just sleep peacefully. And they don't relocate you or offer you a discount. No. Why would they do that, right? No. I even asked, "Can you relocate me in the meantime because I'm literally dying?" Like at the time I didn't even know that I had COVID, but I knew I was feeling something where I was like, "Oh my gosh, maybe I'm sick." And I couldn't go anywhere. My entire closet had to be moved out to the floor by the kitchen because the leaky What roof. What an inconvenience. The leaky roof was in the closet. It was just such an inconvenience. But now we're feeling better. We're feeling better. We have a more renewed apartment. <laughs> Things are fine. It's just that mentally, physically, I'm a lot slower and I'm really trying, right? Like every day I'm trying to be a little bit more active, but I know when I start to push myself that my body just pushes back. It just it can't. So what's new with you, Bobby? <laughs> Everybody's leaving their job, man. Everybody's leaving their job. I feel like pandemic changed the way that the workforce think because people are quitting their jobs and I am included in one of those people. I don't know. What are we looking for? Why are we doing that? I think people value their time more now. Companies are still functioning in the way they did like during the industrial era where it's like, <laughs> okay, you have this one task and this is your salary for life. And now we're like in the information age and it's different. Everyone needs content, but nobody values content. Like creatives are not being paid enough. Even our accountant left his job and he didn't tell us, you know? And we're like, "Whoa, like we have to file for taxes." <laughs> What's going on, chicke? 
<laughs> are you listening to this podcast he's like oh, this is not worth my time i'm off to hawaii bye <laughs> yeah i think people like value themselves more now they understand they've had more time to think about how much they're actually getting paid for the services that they're providing and if they think that this is not worth their time they're like i'd rather just wait for the better thing to come around instead of but slogging my way through this how is this happening now during the pandemic when people are most desperate for work because in america they still have unemployment so you're telling me that these jobs pay so bad that they'd rather be on unemployment correct but i think even when you quit you don't get unemployment no when you quit you don't get unemployment am i tripping i never collected unemployment i've been here like a decade guys i haven't collected unemployment yet so i was going to this gym for like eight months right and there was this other guy training there he was super nice and i found out one day like during a conversation that he was going to stop coming to the gym because he finally got a job and i was like how long have you been unemployed and he said about a year and i was like how have you been living and he said oh on unemployment yeah oh my god i cannot imagine living on un- unemployment it's way too little compared to my monthly expenses well yeah i mean it depends right on what your living standard is but the guy was like chilling let him chill <laughs> he was a regular at one of the best gyms in la like nice bless him man dealing in drugs here we go oh. sorry i've just been watching too much euphoria <laughs> 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 too much euphoria is too much i love it though I love it, but it's too much. Too much, yeah. It's like yeah. I watch it and then I need to be left alone and process the episode and like go on my bed, talk myself and be like, why? Why these teenagers are doing so many drugs? Yeah, right? I'm always arguing with Vanessa after watching Euphoria because I keep saying it's not believable. I cannot believe that 17-year-old kids are doing these things. I was 17 once. We weren't even close to having this behavior. Yeah, how believable I, is yeah, it Yeah, I though? do believe it, guys. I was one of those kids. I do believe it. Like, it's very possible. Why yeah. are there no repercussions in that show? Why is it that you can just break a bottle on someone's head and you're not going to jail? I don't understand. Like as an immigrant, you can't even jaywalk. But in Euphoria, you can just like go around breaking people's heads, and like you won't be jailed for it. It's like I just don't understand why there are no consequences. It makes me not want to have kids. I'm scared to have <laughs> kids in this country if that's how high school Home is. Homeschool. Homeschool. Homeschool, and then they turn out serial killers, <laughs> right? Yeah, or they have like attachment issues. I think the only people who were homeschooled and actually succeeded in life are Jaden and Willow Smith. Plug. <laughs> So unemployment is rising, crime is rising, inflation is rising. What's up with that? Did you guys feel it? I did notice inflation, but what do you mean by crime? I mean, crime has always been bad, but... But like did now, I feel like it's worse, dude. I put the news and it's like, teenagers in Melrose get their phones taken off while they were walking to school. Guy got shot in Venice Beach. Shot? Shot. Mm-hmm. Like with a gun? No, with an arrow. <laughs> that just sounds more like South Africa to me than Los Angeles. That's what I'm what saying. What did I leave my whole family for and come here? So I think when we talk about crime, it's more about how we feel versus the actual data. Because the data shows that since the 70s, it's been going down. Now, in 2020, in the summer, there was a peak. But this peak specifically is for murders, not like <laughs> trespassing and mugging and like oh, I'm theft. Scared. I'm so scared. No, it was murder specifically. That's why people were oh, alarmed. No, you keep saying it. I'm so scared. Wait, stop wait, it. Oh, please stop saying Just it. Don't I'm so say scared. It. Don't say the M word. I'm a single woman. <laughs> but it's still a small percentage of violent crimes. The reason why you feel that crime is higher than it actually is as per the data is because of the news, especially 
local I'm news. I'm scared. I watch the news and I'm scared. Exactly. Because they're zooming in on rare but very violent crimes. If you look at the data, mm. they're actually a small percentage. I, I use the Citizen app and then you see around your area all the little petty crimes. And I see a lot. Woman gets stabbed, breaking in, people getting shot. This man stole a watch from another man. And it's like places mm. like Melrose, Beverly Hills. Why are we surprised there's a pandemic going on and people like cannot afford to pay rent? I just couldn't get fast saying murder because I just feel constantly so terrified for my life because as a single person living in North Hollywood it's not the safest area another thing is that during difficult times like COVID people's mental health is very compromised stats show you that the more mental health issues people have the more some violent scenarios go out of hand and then you have like a spike in violent crime yeah and we want to go to New York and like hope there's no crime and nobody punches in the face like for example just flying to New York we haven't traveled in so long because of the pandemic I'm literally scared of flying domestically like I'm not even leaving the US and I've been to New York but because I haven't been in so long and because I haven't traveled for so long now it's like this chaotic jungle right like I'm going tense and when I'm there I have to be like on guard all the time and have my hands up because someone's gonna commit some hate crime on me because that's what I'm seeing on the news and then you go and you have a good time and you forget you were scared in the first place What are you watching? I watched Euphoria's first episode of the second season in intervals. So I saw first 15 minutes on Monday, then like another 15 minutes on Tuesday. Just because these days, like my attention span is just really shortened because I just feel lethargy from doing anything really. So <laughs> so I can see something with full dedication for 15 minutes. But one should not TV shame me. That's not nice. <laughs> A lot of people are like, oh my God, you haven't watched this? You haven't watched Pam and... What is that? Pam and... Pam and Tommy? <laughs> and you're like, shut the fuck up. I had things to do. Yeah. I'm always the first to TV shame you. Yeah. You haven't watched Sex in the City? You haven't watched Sex in the City? And you're like, I just went through Omnicron, please. A show I would recommend to literally everyone in the world is Veneno. It's a Spanish show on HBO Max. It's about a famous trans woman in Spain who was on TV because of her character. She's so charming and she's so funny and she had a lot to say. She like wowed people on Spanish TV and they tell her story beautifully. Veneno. Best, best, best show that I have seen in the past two years. I just recently watched Everything's Gonna Be All White. It's a documentary on Showtime. And it's just show like how whitewashed media has been since ever until now. So very interesting. There's one episode that talks about white noise and how you see it so much. You're so used to the same prototypes of like a whole white show that it's almost natural to you, you know, because you have seen it so much. It's like a propaganda in your in your brain. It's like a noise. That's the whole point of why noise. That is something that you see it so much. It feels like it's normal, but it's not like I'm so bored of like all white shows. I've been realizing how unnatural it is for me now to see like an all white cast on a show or a film. Whereas when I was growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, growing up in Sharjah, Dubai, watching Hollywood from afar, it would have been unnatural for me to see an Arabic character or an Indian character because it would have been like, no, then the story needs to be different because we're not Mm. like that, you know? And it was just like second nature for me that anything I'm about to watch on TV now is going to be like white cast, white demographic. And now it's like, oh my God, why is everyone white? Because 
if you think about it, when I was living in Dubai, I was used to being in a very cosmopolitan setting where everyone's from everywhere. But from afar, watching Hollywood films, I'm assuming that everyone in LA is like that, white and blonde and whatever, mm. you know? But then I moved to LA and now it's like a day in my life doesn't go by without interacting with people from everywhere. Mm. So now when I watch, for example, the older episodes of Sex and the City, I'm like, oh my God, where are the colored people? This is New York. It's impossible that everyone is white in this shot, you know? But then also you see the new season of... Uh, and just like that. Just like that. And you feel it so forced. You feel like they were <laughs> like... Why do you feel it? That it let's talk about that. that. Why don't They're you feel like, that it's so forced? We must have an African-American person as a receptionist. We must have an African-American person who's, you know, on the school board. Like all these things. It seems as if it went from zero to hundred. <laughs> because also like there were so many references to like all these different things trying to be woke. Like, let's talk about pronouns. Let's have a podcast. We just talk about pronouns. Yes, but I'm just saying... <laughs> we, we are having literally a podcast. Uh, yes, both those things. But <laughs> also, we didn't go from zero to hundred. We've been doing. We've been in a hundred all the time. We, we go from a hundred to zero. What they're doing is like being completely ignorant to the whole world. Going from that to now becoming trying to be so woke that it's like jarring. That show is jarring for me because they're trying to beat me over the head with their wokeness. Like, don't do that. It goes back to what we were saying in the previous episode about how you ask for diversity in entertainment and then you get it and you're like, bitch, that's not it. <laughs> I'm quoting Vanessa. So it's this kind of situation where they gave this one gay female character an opportunity to shine. So we got to make this decision. Is she going to be tomboy? Is she going to be more feminine or more androgynous? Is she gay in reality? I don't know. Because I just feel that like sometimes it's also the actors who should tell the storytellers I don't think this is going to read well it's but too on the nose she, but for sure she made these creative decisions with the director you know what I'm saying like they're working together that's what I'm saying it should be collaborative when especially like the filmmaker isn't so well versed with diversity I think sometimes we have to step in and be like no as an Indian person I'm not going to say that so I think sometimes we also have to take the responsibility instead of just blindly like portraying a character when we know that this is probably not going to sit well with the community well, ladies, thank you for your time. This was great. We're bringing back the donation segment to donate to Black Lives Matter. And this is the end. Da 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 da. Okay, love you. Bye. T I T T. T I T T. T I T T. T I T T. T I T T.